going on niner fans this is the niner fanatic podcast i'm i'm peter lucas and i got with me today chris polo you've seen him on my show before uh he is he has the polo show podcast also you've seen him on twitter and of course in the spaces like all of us uh chris why don't you tell them where they can find you on the socials yeah thanks peter for having me on again so mainly it's my twitter so it's just in my display name it's chris polo two underscores if you go to my link tree you can find the link to my podcast really close to 100 subscribers when i get there and be giving away a free nick bosa jersey so get on that um shoot me a follow as well um in my link tree you can get to my youtube channel apple Podcasts, amazon music i also just recently started a, a twitch channel too so i'll do my live streams there when i get going and also started writing articles for a newer media outlet called stadium rant so now contributing writer for the niners covering them this year so you can find links to my articles there too yeah that's awesome like i saw the things that you're doing uh really like really uh, good to see you doing well and and yeah it's uh so we're about to hit game two about to hit game two and of the preseason minnesota and they had practice today um their first practice their first uh, joint practice today uh but tra- of course we know trey's not going to be playing but he yeah. played today in the practice and Trey had a pretty, pretty, for the most part, it was a pretty good day. Like, uh, as, as far as from what I saw on Twitter and like, I think we saw a little bit of conflicting reports. The Minnesota beat writers didn't really want to give him any credit, but, uh, but, but our, uh, beat writers were pretty fair. I thought like, uh, with, with their assessment of it. So, but what we did see, we saw a lot, we saw a couple of really nice long passes, which is getting to be a habit for, uh, as far as Trey goes, um, did you see any of the the videos today? And like, uh, what did you think of the of the practice film? I did, yeah. Um, obviously, the probably big ones that was going around was Danny Gray burning Patrick Peterson for that fifty yard touchdown score from Trey. Um, there's also, I don't know how many yards it, this went for, but there was a clip of Trey. He was rolling out to his right, and he throws mm-hmm. across his body to find Debo in the middle of the field. That's yeah, that's an element of of being able to improvise that they have not had in a quarterback. So being able to see something like that in practice, that's really encouraging. I can't wait to see that kind of aspect. So um, I saw those two plays that mainly stood out to me. Um, the deep ball is going to be crazy this year. I actually just kind of wrote about that in something I published yesterday. Um, I think there's going to be a seriously lethal vertical game because you have to worry – a lot about how you're going to scheme against the running game against a Kyle Shanahan offense and with the running back room that we have. So seeing that it's pretty obvious that this is like a new focal point with, with the quarterbacks and passing game, they're going to be so lethal this year, just being able to see that. And Danny Gray, I don't even know if he's going to be the third receiver and he's burning everybody. Yeah. It's, we don't really know who's going to be the third receiver. I I would say it's there's honestly, there's just so much talent on this team Mm-hmm. Right now, that we're we've got so many different spots where 
I mean, it could be, it could literally be anybody and the good, it's a good problem to have, you know, but man, it, it's, uh, it's really confusing for us fans. Cause you know, everybody's got their, their favorites, the guys that they want to see Danny Gray's becoming quickly becoming a fan favorite right now. And we haven't even gotten to week one and it's, uh, but yeah, today, like you said, those, those uh, videos were out of him just completely burning Patrick Peterson and the other corner that they, uh, they got uh and i can't remember what dancer uh mm. like uh yeah they he burned him t- he was the first one that got burnt and then uh and then pa- he burned patrick P- peterson later but danny gray is is quickly becoming like uh and i mean we've seen him catch some so it hasn't been all long balls like uh i yeah. i think that he's gonna by the end of this season he could be like more of an all-around type of receiver and uh, i think shanahan's really kind of taken a liking to him just uh i'm taking a liking to him as like after his uh he had a press conference last week i think after the game and it was uh he he said some things that really kind of stood out to me and it was i was really kind of just impressed with his mentality as far like i mean every day is a day to work and like uh, the guy's just all about it just seems like he's got that workman at uh like uh, attitude and it's just it, yeah i think it's just a it's gonna be sky's the limit for danny gray especially when you got the physical gifts that he has so but as we said trey was not gonna be playing uh in the game what are the main things that you're looking for out of this game uh to to see and do you care do you even care if, if we win <laughs> i don't really care if they win i like preseason games to me they don't they don't count but they do matter so it's more like yeah. looking at you know, certain positional groups, what I'm seeing from certain players. Um, I think I do really want to see these younger offensive linemen. I'm, I'm completely on the Burford bandwagon. I, I think he's going to be a pro bowler within like mm-hmm. two or three years. And I'm being a little generous with the, with saying three. <coughs> um, but I want to see like Donovan Weston there also, just because yeah. I know Brendel's going to be a starting center and Brunskill's school's out. So there's probably not really competition there. But going forward, I'm hoping that Donovan West can be a consistent guy to take that center role because Jake Brendel's kind of a journeyman. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know how reliable he will be, even though they do like the guys they have in-house. Uh, I also want to see the secondary. I think it's a good opportunity for people in the secondary just because with Ward uh, being out as number one corner, I think that allows other people to step up because we've been seeing like Lenore and um, Ambry Thomas in camp and and i want to see where they're at in their sophomore years because ambry was the guy who was coming and playing a lot down the stretch in the season he was stepping up in big games but obviously in practice this year camp he's being picked apart so i want to see what they look like uh in in real game action and that's pretty much it i mean i i think i like the receiver group we have sure i'd like to see if someone could separate themselves as the third receiver right now like i understand the whole like it was kind of Juwan Jennings last year, but I feel like it's wide open between three different guys right now. And I'd like to see if someone can separate themselves. Uh, I'm fine with honestly any of those options. Uh, but yeah, I mainly, I'm mainly looking at the defense. Uh, I think offense, it's going to be tough to tell when a lot of the guys are just not going to be playing. And also if Trey's not out there, I don't really think we're going to be watching anything close to what we'd actually be seeing in the regular season with <laughs> Trey. Cause obviously yeah. in the early practices, right. When people were posting the, completions and attempts and talking about completion percentage and practice it's like nate sudfield i think his first practice like didn't have an incomplete pass but the context yeah. that was he was throwing a lot of checkdowns and trey was throwing 
ball down the field. So I, I'm not really paying too much attention to the offense outside like the O-line and the running backs probably. Defense, I really want to see where these other guys are at, like especially in that secondary. I really want to see that because obviously, I forgot to mention this, Jimmy Ward being out Yeah. Um, if he's gone week one or two. The way I see it, Jimmy Ward is like, five weeks get healthy, six weeks get healthy. Cause yeah, I don't that's think the way I look at it too. Yeah. But, but I do want to see though, like just in case, cause you know, injuries do continue to happen. I want to see who can step up and also if somewhere to go down later, who is someone else that might be able to be a reliable depth piece later in the season. If needed, I'd like to see, I'd like to learn a bit, learn a little bit more about who we have behind Mosley and uh, Ward when it comes to that corner position. And obviously I'd love to see some more Sam Womack. I mean that dude, yeah, that's game five. Yeah, I, game man. last week. Yeah, like uh, so Sam Womack, like uh, that was a guy that I think we all kind of assumed that uh, that he was going to get a shot at the nickel position yeah. just because of his size, because where he was drafted, and like uh, so that's just the way it looked. Like uh, it looked like that's it was an obvious move that they were trying to make, and I thought that them keeping Darquez Denard was kind of more like a uh it was it was more of a, a veteran just in case <laughs> just, just in case situation if if Womack needs a little bit more time to uh to get ready then we've got Denard uh, uh there just like in case of emergency you just break the glass and have him start like uh, because he is a vet he's a he's he's talented too he's just not he's not a guy that's going to make a lot of plays like uh, and it's uh because I thought he was solid in the uh, in the first game in uh, in Green Bay, like uh, there, he didn't do anything that was uh, that was just like egregious, like a like a, he didn't pull like a Traverius Moore or anything. So right. so yeah, I was uh, I was I was pleasantly surprised by everybody that really played in that game one, except for Traverius Moore, and, and really Traverius Moore didn't do terrible. He just had the the really blown the coverage. Yeah. yeah. The one play that was just blown coverage. And I think people are kind of a little overreacting a little bit on that, but at the same time, he remember he's coming off a major injury also. So, and, uh, and I think they've kind of put him, I think honestly in that play, he just kind of guessed wrong. I think he, it was fourth and one. I think he assumed that they were going to go short, that they were going to go short or they were going to try and run the ball. And he guessed wrong mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and let the guy run right by him. So it's, it was an unfortunate play, but uh, yeah, like uh, as far as this game goes, I'm with you. I'm looking at this offensive line. I want to see if they continue to gel. Uh, you took the words right out of my mouth about Donovan West. Uh, I, he did. He got a lot of playing time in the fourth quarter of this last game, and I thought he looked solid. I'm granted it was against third stringers, but I still think he looked solid. And and it was a building block like a uh, type of thing. To where it's going to take him some time to get acclimated. Uh, I think I, uh, I got I got into a conversation on Twitter with uh, with Brad Graham about Donovan West, and uh, and we kind of came to the same conclusion that there was that he he's probably going to take the Aaron Banks model and take a year to get his body right and and get his body ready for uh, to be a starter in the league, and he could be the future center i think long-term center solution for this team because i don't think brendel is the long-term solution i don't think right. he's yeah it, i don't think that's going to be a even a question if uh that brendel he he kind of got toasted a lot in uh in the practice today 
And uh, so I, but I think that's what you're going to see out of Brendel. You're going to see a lot of inconsistency. And, uh, and that's something that if we're planning on doing anything this year, I know that it's Trey's first season as a starter, but if we're planning on doing anything this year, that center position is really going to be an important one. And uh, while he had a decent game against green Bay, he was still going against second and third stringers. So mm-hmm. uh, like, uh, it'll be interesting to see how that goes, but yeah. I don't care if they win. I just want us to get out of here. Get yeah, out exactly. Of healthy, get out healthy. <laughs> get out of there healthy. Like, uh, and, and get these young guys some playing time uh, to see what we got, see, and really showcase for the league so that we can get some trade offers like us, maybe some more picks for next year. So that's the way I'm looking at it. But yeah. so the team uh, yesterday, it was yesterday, right? Yeah. Yesterday made, uh, made some cuts to get down to the 85, 85 mm-hmm. uh, numbered like uh, that they have to get to for the league. What was the most surprising cut for you? Do you think any of them were a mistake or they could be brought back later? Um, I saw a lot of people saying that the Denard one was surprising to me. That wasn't that surprising. I mean, I was kind of hearing from multiple people that he was probably going to be gone. Um, despite taking those first team snaps, I thought the surprising one is Kim uh, because they brought him in pretty late and I thought, okay, he's going to get a pretty legitimate shot. He had a nice tackle for a loss too. He played well uh, in that. Yeah. He played pretty good in that first preseason game. And I know that they're really deep on the defensive line. So obviously there's going to be cuts that are going to feel like, Oh man, that we had to let him go. Like there's going to be some of those when you're that deep, but I felt like that was pretty early for a guy who I thought had a pretty good game. Then I don't know who else they would have cut already. I guess that's the problem you have when you have a deep team. It's a good problem to have. I just thought that maybe he would have got a little bit more of a shot. I don't know if it was because of some other reason or what. I just found that one kind of surprising. Not really surprised that he got cut, but cut on the first cut down day. I felt that was pretty early. Yeah, I thought it was pretty harsh. Like, yeah. <laughs> I, 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 liked, uh, I liked him. I liked the energy that he bring, brings. That People say that he's a knucklehead. I Honestly, I don't care as long as like he plays well on the field. And uh, I don't know what they made. They're, of course, they're seeing different things in practice. and uh, But – like you said, I think that this team is just ridiculously deep, and I didn't think that they would. They if they got rid of Denard, they probably weren't going to get a, get rid of another secondary person. Mm-hmm. So, and I, they do have eighteen guys on the defensive line. <laughs> like, so it wasn't surprising to me that two of two of the cuts came off of the defensive line. But, uh, but yeah, I, I I was really surprised by that one. Uh, Denard, I was not surprised at all, and uh, I heard on. I heard on uh, BD Peacock's uh, Locked On the other day that, you know, there was a good chance it was just because, like, Denard is a veteran. Like, uh, so they were – the 49ers, the way they treat their players is they they respect their players, I feel. And uh, so they were giving him a chance to catch on somewhere else, which completely mm-hmm. makes sense. And the ca- same can be probably said for uh, – I'm not going to butcher his name, but uh, you know who I'm talking about. Uh, Kim Diche, like, uh, I-, I think it's the same thing for him. Like uh, he's, they're giving him an opportunity to, uh, they put a little tape out there. He, they see that, uh, that he can make a difference on the defensive line and somebody's going to, somebody should probably pick him up. Uh, some needy team that needs somebody in the middle for, for pass rush purposes. I didn't really get to see too much what he did against the run, but I wasn't surprised at any of the other cuts. <laughs> like yeah. uh, those were all fringe guys that, that uh, we're not holding two fullbacks. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know. Okay. You know what? I, I was a little surprised at at Hokit getting getting cut this early. 
Yeah, <laughs> like, uh, early. but but I mean, they're just gonna put him on the on the practice squad later, probably. Right. And uh, so I, it wasn't too surprising, but I thought that they might keep him early in camp just because just because like uh, they're not gonna want to put juice out there in uh, in the in a lot of these games, and uh, so they don't want to get him hurt. So I thought Jason they might Poe. use. Hope- Jason Poe yeah, fullback action. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think that that's going to happen. He's playing too well on the oh. offensive line. Yeah, no, he's actually holding his own. Like, he's smaller, but he actually he holds his own. Yeah, I mean, he's playing he's playing lights out on the offensive line. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I thought he was too short. But yeah, did you notice that the uh, the guys on TV are trying to doctor his height? They tried to say he was 6'1". <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. That's... And the thing I hear at practice is, like, people will – are surprised in person when they watch him practice of how well he's able to hold up against bigger dudes yeah all the time yeah and i mean well it's the same it's the same premise as uh as aaron donald like so aaron donald's not the the tallest guy he's only like six feet like uh and the uh but he's like 300 pounds and uh they they said the same thing about jason poe is the is that he's so he's uh short so he gets that lower pad level and he gets underneath guys, and then they can't push him back because he's three hundred pounds. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like so, so yeah. Like I, I don't know. I like Jason Poe. If they could find, they're going to find some ways to use that guy. And uh, I, it may not be this season, like uh, a starting, like, uh, but I could see it in the future. And who knows? The center center spot could be could be him later on down the road. Maybe next season they might try him yeah. out there. So. Yeah, it would be it would be wide open competition if it wasn't a matter of experience at this point. I feel like. Yeah, for sure. Um, so everybody, everybody, like uh, it seems like all of our injury, like a lot of our cornerbacks got injured over the last like week and a half, uh, but they're mainly hamstring in- injuries, mm-hmm. and everybody's trying to say the hamstring injuries are the new are the new high ankle sprain for the 49ers. Why do you think, uh, and this is kind of going away from the point, but how, how, why do you think it is that we always, like, if it's not one thing, it's another for the 49ers? And why are there such a hot, a high, always a high number rash of injuries on this team? I have no idea. I was actually just typing up something about this after Jimmy got hurt and Jimmy Ward with the hamstring. I think he's the fifth guy to go down with a hamstring injury so far. That's yeah. really weird. Like, I don't know if it, if it's, it's something they're doing in practice. Is it not a coincidence? Water? Like, like, like a... what? Like, what's going on? Like, why is everyone's hamstrings just getting shot up? I, I don't get it. Um, and the thing that concerns me about the the hamstrings is those can really linger if you don't treat them right. Like, that's why a lot of times whenever I see someone have a hamstring injury in preseason, I always think to myself, especially if they're like a running back or something, like, oh gosh, that that's gonna flare up again. In a few weeks, when the regular season starts, if they're not careful, mm-hmm. so that makes me that makes me worry. The good thing is it's happening really early in the camp and preseason process, so they're going to have some good time to come back. But I don't know; it, it is really weird because, like, I think a lot of it is we go back to 2020, and it was like the second most injuries ever that year for a single team, and obviously we want no part of that again. So I think we start to see this pile up, and we start to get a little nervous. Because I yeah. felt like that 2020 year, I told everyone, I was like, oh, we're going back to the Super Bowl. This year, we added Trent Williams. And then the whole season was on injured reserve. Like, our whole season just went straight to IR. And that makes Niner fans really nervous, obviously, when we start to see every week. They're not like ACLs or Achilles or anything like that. But you start to see a pattern like hamstring here, 
hamstring there, mm-hmm. uh, irritated right knee, rib fracture, and we're like, oh, geez, like it's just slowly adding up. So I don't know if it's something they do as a team in preparation and practice. If it's something with the way that they train, I have no idea. But remember Bosa when he tore his ACL rehabbing, he used his own he used his own guys to rehab from that. If I remember correctly, yeah. he did not necessarily rehab like with the team's people. Um, and look at the way that Bosa came back. So I don't, he's no not idea. even he doesn't even train with the team. Yeah, <laughs> anymore. And he looks like a beast. Yeah, yeah. It's. I like uh, I I try to catch myself because I feel like the last couple of years I feel like teams have been playing with the injury report to kind of find ways to stash their guys like uh, and get their guys rest when they don't really when they just don't really want to use them mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm kind of looking at these at these injuries as a way to get the keep these guys from having to play in these preseason games and these joint practices and getting them hurt like they've seen what they need to see from Jimmy Ward they've seen what they need to see from Shavarius Ward and Emmanuel Mosley like uh, they don't they don't need them they don't need to prove anything in preseason so yeah. why like oh i pulled a hammy and now i can't play till week 1 so mm-hmm. it's uh and i think that a lot of these guys, it's going to be a sub. They're they're going to say, "Oh, it may linger through like week two or three, But I have a feeling that all these guys are going to be good to go on week one. And uh, it's I I just think that it being the conspiracy theorist that I am, I just have this feeling that that Kyle is trying to play chess right now and uh, and trying to keep his guys healthy because he just wants to go full force when the season starts. So I don't know, but. But yeah, that's just the conspiracy theorist in in uh, in my mind. And it, and it's possible. I mean, load management. It's more like an NBA thing for sure, as we all know. But it, it's a thing. Like people do it all the time, so it, it's possible. And Shanahan, oh Mariah, uh, Shanahan <laughs> said. Um, Shanahan said it was pretty bad too. Uh, usually, he doesn't give a lot of clear answers with that stuff. I don't know. He's been a bit of a different mood this year, I guess, but. I mean, we'll see I, if it is like a pretty bad hamstring though. Like he did say that that does worry me about it lingering. Honestly, yeah. if it's, if it's legit, dude, stay on the sideline in Chicago. You, you don't exactly. got to worry about that. Just yeah. feels like no time to throw the ball. Like, if and missing Jimmy be... Ward, if missing Jimmy Ward costs a game of Chicago bears. We have way bigger problems than that. <laughs> I'm just exactly. going to be real. Yeah. Like uh, it's, yeah, it, it it's uh like yeah, we don't we're not going to need him for Chicago. And that's going to be a thing too. They just might say, "Hey, let's Jimmy's a veteran. He's going to be 31 this year. Like uh how about we just use him in the games we absolutely need him because this <laughs> this team is is stacked and like uh and we've got so much depth. I think that they're trying out guys everywhere on this on this uh roster and like I think Kyle really wants to go to that positionless uh football. And to to be to get to that point to where he can just stick guys in where he needs, and then that keeps guys from from getting that wear and tear on their body throughout the season. Like uh, I could totally see it, and uh, it would be it would it wouldn't surprise me at all. Kyle is always about trying some new stuff, and uh, and yeah, he just not and sometimes to the detriment of the rest of us, but like in our sanity. But yeah, like uh, he doesn't care about any of this, so. Uh, so what if, uh, but do you think like we talked about, is it going to go, is it going to drag into the season? 
what do you think the plan would be if if the if somehow these injuries kind of like got really kind of drug into th- week three, week four, when we start to hit that gauntlet? Like, because when we start playing that AFC West, I think we're going to need to be at full strength at that point. Yeah. So what do you think the plan would be in that in that situation? Because they do have depth. Like uh, you got Jason Verrett, you got uh, you've got Ambry Thomas, you've got Diam uh, Diamondor Lenore, like uh, and you've got these guys, uh, these guys on the on the the even the guys Holman that looked solid against Green Bay. What do you think is is going to be the plan? I I really feel kind of like that's kind of the plan is to keep these this all this depth. They're just for those eventualities. But what do you think the, pl- the plan is going to be a corner if, if let's say, E-Man can't go or, uh, or the plan, it's sa- more importantly, it's safety? Um, I think, it, one, I think it's a really big opportunity for someone like Tavarius Moore. Like, I, I think he has the ability to fill in pretty well. Um, so that's, that's one of those guys I really do want to see these next yeah. couple weeks of preseason and practice. Because, um, honestly, I'm of the believer this might not be a popular – Thing to say, but I, I don't think Jimmy Ward's gonna be a Niner after this year. And the only reason I'm saying that is because a couple things. One, they could have easily saved cap space extending him this year. They would have been able to have more money to spend, go get some help in free agency. And two, he posted something that kind of felt like he was gonna test the free agent market. Because remember, he mm-hmm. took less money to stay with us the last time. Um, another team, now that he's finally starting to get recognized. I think another team might cash him out a little bit more than we might, considering he's 30, 31 years old right now. And we're looking at our cap space like, okay, we've got Debo, who's going to be on the books now with a new deal. We're going to have Ayuka coming up soon. We have to take care of Bosa next. Uh, I don't know if they're going to pay the safety that's in their 30s when they have Hufunga, who they've moved on to as their starting safety opposite of him. They let Tart go. They might be trying to go young at that point. Mm -hmm. Uh, So kind of got to see. And I want to see Tarverius Moore step up in that situation. I think he could be a good depth piece for them, but it is kind of tough to tell because he's coming off that injury. And for corners, it's definitely why they're stashing away Jason Verrett. If, if Jason Verrett, like he doesn't even need to be a starter, but this is what I was saying, like pretty much all off season when people were debating if we should keep someone like Jason Verrett or not. Jason Verrett in 2020 was one of the best corners you could have had on your team. If you had a, like 75 or 80 percent of that guy as a depth piece as opposed to last year having to roll josh norman for so damn long yeah i'll take that every single sunday and that's where i think that the depth and that's why i want to see it more too because i I feel like healthy verrett i feel like i know what we have there but i really want to see can ambry take a step up is he really just a bad practice player and really a guy who's built for games i want to see lenoir step up um, I want to see Sam Womack continue to be consistent in the nickel position. Uh, and obviously I want to see Hufunga and how he is in the regular season. I know we've heard a lot of hype about him and he looks pretty good. He had that pretty big hit in the green Bay game too, uh, that I at first thought they flagged him for. Um, yeah. If he's stepping up, that's something I should have mentioned first. If, if Hufunga's stepping up in a way that maybe we didn't fully expect, that'll probably negate a lot of the, the deficiencies we think we'd have without Jimmy Ward if Hufunga yeah. can step up. Because I think a lot of us were looking at the safety position this whole offseason like, oh, if Tart's gone, it's a hole because we were looking at Hufunga. But I think the narrative's kind of changed seeing the way Hufunga stepped up, seeing the way he's always the first guy on the field, one of the last guys off, seeing the way that he's playing in practice, the way he performed that Green Bay game. I'm really excited to see 
those the younger safeties we have to see what they can do. And also Odom is a vet. He actually had an interception today, right? Yeah. It, was, it was Odom. Yes, it, it, was, it was nice too. It was yeah. a nice interception. And he's yeah. been solid. He's been solid in the in the tape that I've seen of him. Uh so and I mean I don't think he's a starter per no, se. Definitely not, yeah. <laughs> like uh but I, I think with Jimmy Ward, as far as Jimmy Ward goes, I think that it's going to be it's gonna all come down to the what kind of season he has. Mm-hmm. If if they're picking off passes like they've been in these practices and in preseason, if they're picking off passes like out of control and Jimmy has like five picks and uh, and he's just locking down guys, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be really difficult. And let's say for just uh for devil's advocate, let's say that we win, we win the we win a ring this year. Yeah. Like uh Jimmy, I think Jimmy's gone. Like, oh, we're not yeah. gonna be able to afford him. That price like, uh, you got Trent Balkies of the world out there. Yeah. <laughs> They're gonna bring that price up. Yeah, like uh so I yeah, I think at that point he would probably leave. Like uh, but and and honestly, I don't think that the 49ers would really want to keep him around, uh, considering he'd be he's gonna be 30, he'd be 32 next year. Right. Like uh so like how long are I you mean, gonna resign him for to least? Yeah, exactly. Like decline. I don't know. If you win a ring, like it would be uh that's the perfect time for you to just transition to a younger, a younger guy, maybe get somebody in the draft. And like, and just deal with the, the, the growing pains of that. But uh, like, yeah, I mean, I love Jimmy Ward. I, I love what he I brings to this Ward, team, yeah. but if Hafunga can step up and he's as vocal as he has, as we've all seen him That's be the like, they've right been the leader. And, uh, yeah. Like if, if we've got all these guys on the team, we've got Warner and Bosa and all these uh, Eric Armstead and all these guys that are leaders on this squad. I think they can withstand not having Jimmy Ward, but I don't want to talk a lot about Jimmy Ward. Like he's gone. Like yeah. uh, he's, he's here. Uh, because, yeah. <laughs> he's going to be here all season. Uh, I love Jimmy Ward. I, I think he brings another aspect, uh, a grittiness to this team that like uh, that. Yeah. I, I can't wait to see this season. So, but mm-hmm. yeah, I just, I, I just wondered like what our, what their plan would be if the, and you, I don't know if you saw, but your Jamar, uh, the De- Denver released uh, one of their draft picks from last year, Jamar uh, Jamar Johnson, from uh, he was out of Indiana, mm. and uh, he was a he was really kind of a draft crush of mine uh, last season. I was when I saw he was released. Uh, basically, they just their their safeties are too their safety room is too deep, so they they ended up having to let him go because they had too many people in front of him. But that that's a guy I would love to see the Niners get because I know he has physical talent. He just might need a little bit of coaching help and right. that's that's something that the 49ers can definitely do for a guy so i would love to see them pick up a young guy and see if they could develop him but we'll see but uh the reason so, i really wanted to trade up and get brisker i i love the team we got but man dude, i wanted jaquan brisker so bad dude, that was my guy and i think you were on my show like when we were talking about the draft and like uh yeah brisker has been my guy since day one mm-hmm. <laughs> but like uh, i wanted him from the very beginning, he was the guy I was really all my mock drafts. Like uh, I kept trading up to get brisker Same. and I thought that, <laughs> and, uh, and I just didn't, I, yeah, I really didn't understand the whole premise. Now we got Drake Jackson. I can't really complain about that per se, other than we have 18 guys in the defensive line right now. And we're, and we're short a guy in the, in the safety room now, but it is what it is. 49ers never do what we think that they're going to do. They never do what we want them to do. 
but somehow it tends to work out. So I'm not too mad yet. <laughs> like, yeah. uh, but so players on the offense have like, uh, like what players on the offense have made an impression on you so far in this like preseason and training camp? Uh, like, uh, especially after the Green Bay game, like, uh, what players on offense have made an impression on you so far other than Danny Gray? <laughs> yeah. Samuel Burford, or sorry, Samuel Spencer Burford. I was thinking yeah. Womack in the same mind because I was thinking of the game. Those two guys were the biggest ones for me. Uh, but Spencer Burford, um, there were it was the first possession of the game, um, or first offensive possession that we had, and it was around like the ten, maybe ten thirty mark. We were handing the ball to Trey Sermon. Mike McGlinchey missed a block, but if you ignore the result of the play and just watch. Burford on that play he was like a brick wall against Chris Slayton who was actually on our practice squad last year he he, he never got any leverage on Burford he runs right into him it's like he was running into a wall and then he yeah. falls to his knees and then Burford shoves him down to his backside and I was like oh my god like th th this dude because we were so worried about the the interior and the right side of the line and yeah. honestly that right guard which I thought was the biggest gaping hole other than center, I'm now more worried about McGlinchey at right tackle than I am at right guard at this point because of the knee issue that McGlinchey is having right now after a year coming off a big injury. Seeing Spencer Burford, the way that he was completing and finishing his blocks in Green Bay's game, the fact that he's never really been challenged for the starting position at right guard as a rookie says a lot yes. about how good he really has been. Because um, we were looking at, okay, we lost Lake and Tomlinson. Aaron Banks fills in there. I think he's going to be solid, look pretty good, and also just wait till he actually gets to play next to Trent Williams. So then mm -hmm. that really left the question mark at right guard. I think we're totally fine there now after seeing that. Um, I do think he's going to be a pro bowler in the next couple of years. He just looks he looks like that type of player. I feel like he needs to change the number 74. Like he, he, he may be a dude that is here for a long time, and I'd like to see him get his own number because 74 is Staley. He's got to get his own number. So that, that's a dude on offense. That really stood out to me. And, and I'm not someone who's like Brad Graham where I could really, you know, analyze O-line play the way he does. Yeah. But I know I know what a bully of an offensive lineman looks like when I see one. And yeah. I think just about anybody could just watching that game. If you just focus on 74, you can see it. Yeah, for sure. And this is the thing. What I was impressed by was Aaron, ba Aaron Banks. The Like the fact that, you know, if – Burford wasn't being Burford and doing Burford things out there, then we'd be talking about, we'd be talking about Aaron Banks looking good. Like, right. uh, uh, because he's the guy that everybody kind of expected. He, we know he has to step up. He was the one uh, taking over for Lakin Tomlinson on that left side. Like uh, I think him next to Trent Williams is going to be, is going to be, I don't think that they're going to miss a beat on that left side of the line. And the, the, I mean, the one obvious worry that we have is center, but uh, there's another offensive lineman uh, that they, that's filling in for McGlinchey right now on the right, on that right tackle spot. And his name is just completely escaping me. I should have written it down, but like, uh, but he's been, they picked him up off of the street. Uh, just like what? Jordan two, Mills. Three weeks ago. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Jordan, Jordan Mills. Mills. They picked him off the street like uh, like two or three weeks ago, and and he's been the best looking tackle out of all of them. Like uh, so, and he was the one that had the best. They said uh, I can't remember which beat writer it was, uh, but one of them said that he was the best looking offensive lineman 
out of all of them today in the joint practices. Like, uh, no, he was the only one to stop Daniel. What is his name? Daniel Hunter for, uh, for oh, Daniel Hunter. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, so it's, it's going to be really, it's, I think that we're all going to be paying attention to this offensive line because of Trey and uh, because we know that Trey has to be protective. So we're going to be really paying attention to them. This whole, that's going to be the, the really most interesting part of this whole training camp preseason uh, time frame. And, but another, another player that, that I'm kind of interested in seeing is, is I really want to see the growth of Jawan Jennings the last couple of days, like they said, he's looked better and he looked better in practice today. And uh, I, I just, I'm just interested to see him kind of step his game up. I don't want to see him get, just eclipsed out of nowhere and get kind of phased out of the game plan because he does add an add another aspect to this offense and uh, the that grittiness like uh, and the blocking that uh, that we I think that it's going to be needed in this running game and uh, it gives us another it gives us that bully mentality so I I don't want to see him get phased out so I'm really interested to see what happens in this next game as far as he goes. Um, but what players do you think need to get the most reps on offense besides Ooh. besides like the rookies? Besides the rookies. You know, for if we're talking offense, I really do want cuz Werner's back, right? He's like fully back. Yeah. I want to see Werner get some reps because yes. we haven't um we haven't really had like a very good or very solid tight end too. I know Dwelly's had like, like he had that Cardinals game in 2019 where he had like two <laughs> touchdowns. But dude, like if Kittle goes down or even when Kittle's still there, I really would like Trey to have a second tight end to throw to. I know it's possible they might end up using Kyle Yuschuk there too. But if Charlie Werner can step up and be just a solid tight end too on the roster, I think that would be really nice. I want to see more of him. I feel like I haven't seen that much of him. Just yeah. going back to last year, I'd like to see him get more time. I'd like to see him go out there, run routes, make some catches. Like, can he be a playmaker in this offense? Just even if it's just like a possession, like pass catcher at the tight end position. That That's all I'm really looking for. Just someone else who can be a reliable target. And I think that's what we tried to have with Jordan Reed, that kind of experiment, even though he was really injury prone and yeah, came back. Get him on the, on the field at the same time. Yeah. Like, and, and but when he was on the field, like it worked. Like if we could just yeah. get one other pass catcher, like someone who's solid, I think that could be good. Um, I also would like to see now getting away from from the rookies. I really haven't yet to see a lot of things that where I'm super excited about when it comes to Trey Sermon. I have not seen mm-hmm. a whole lot. I'd like to see Trey Sermon get more. And I, this might be risky because of the preseason, but. I'd like to see him get a few more carries than he mm-hmm. did against Green Bay. He had six. I I want to see him get like 10. I want to yeah. see him get like 10 carries in this game. I, there was one play where people were arguing back and forth about um, where he was, he was running toward the left side. And basically there was a linebacker. I don't know the linebacker's name, but there's a linebacker in, in the lane, but it was a pretty gaping hole. And instead Trey Sermon decided to cut to the outside toward the sideline. And the argument that people were making was he's got to hit that hole regardless of a linebacker being there basically flat-footed and just yeah. put your pads down and use them and just get some more yardage instead of just kind of doing the defense's job and going up against the boundary. Like, it's just small things like that because at first I was like, that's nitpicking. And I went, went and looked at it. I was like, oh, Aaron Banks actually had the angle on that linebacker too. And he was about to come off his man. He could have 
could have mm. exploded. So I want to see those little things, and it probably will take me like a couple times to go back and rewatch the plays where he does get the ball. So that's another dude where, listen, Elijah Mitchell was playing through injury last year. I, I, I think Trey Sermon's going to get some games this year where he starts just because it's football and stuff like that happens. And I don't want those starts to be he gets like eight carries and like 20 yards rushing in those games that we're sitting there like, what the hell happened to our rushing in this game? Yeah. Like, that's what I don't want to see. So I'd love to see Trey Sermon get a little bit more work because I think the running back two spot is open competition. And at the end of the day, if he doesn't step up and prove his worth as a guy that they traded up for in the third round, TDP's right there. Jordan Mason's right there. Jeff Wilson is a veteran still on the roster. Yeah. I don't want to just keep, you know, I, I don't want to see Trey Sermon just continue to stay in that running back two spot if that's where we're going to officially place him right now. If some other guys look like they, are outperforming him at this point. Uh, so I, I'd like to see him get like 10 carries, even though it's yeah. preseason. I, I completely agree with uh, with you about Sermon. Like a Sermon, so the way I saw that play, and I know exactly what play you're talking about, and yeah. I was one of those guys that made an excuse for him because I thought, well, the linebacker's sitting there waiting for him. I think he saw that that uh, who he had on that, where, where he made the jump cut, right. like uh, it was – they were uh, what's it called? Uh, they were corners out there. So I think he just made a business decision. I'm going to go with the against the lighter guy, <laughs> and yeah. uh, and uh, maybe he could get past those guys. And he ended up probably getting about the same amount of yards that he probably would have gotten. But I think that those little things, like you were saying, kind of speak to what Kyle wants to see from him. Right. And like Kyle wants to see, for, like talked about it last year, he wants to see him hit the hole. So. That was a business decision that he probably should have just taken his. Uh, and I mean, the guy only averaged like one and a half carries yeah. or one and a half uh, yards, yards per, carry, per yeah. carry in this in this last game. So, I mean, I think that Kyle actually drew up true Trey Sermon's carries and drew up those runs that he had for him on purpose, like uh, to make it them they're going to be tough yards because he wanted to see what Trey Sermon was going to do and what kind of business decisions he was going to make for that in those types of situations. Sometimes you just need to put your head down and get the one yard. Right. Like, uh, so I, yeah, I completely agree with you. Like, and that was kind of an aspect I, I like, uh, I really, I really didn't think about it until like yesterday. And uh, cause I was rewatching the game and, and, I think I think Trey Sermon could be explosive. I think that it's when they really get their uh, their inside zone read stuff going, and when Trey is a part of that, it's gonna be it's gonna look a lot different than it's looked in preseason because they really haven't had a chance to really be do anything explosive. I feel like Kyle is setting the league up, thinking that they're gonna he's just gonna be running them into walls all year, and I think it's gonna be a completely different look when. <laughs> When like I, I think I saw a video of them doing the triple option the other, the oh other yeah, day. I saw that clip. <laughs> yeah, and if uh, coming out of the triple option and having Trey throw a deep pass is going to be, I mean, it. Let, let's put it this way: the league is not. I don't think the league is ready for all the things that Kyle is going to try. Will they work? We don't know. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. uh, but he's going to try, and uh, and I think sometimes it's going to frustrate us uh, because. Uh, because Kyle just likes to frustrate uh, frustrate people. He doesn't always like to take the the sure thing, and uh, and it kind of just infuriates us sometimes. But I wouldn't trade him for anything. And uh, but yeah, I, I completely agree with you about Sermon. 
I'm I'm interested to see another guy that I'm interested to see and getting away from those uh from those younger guys is I want to see I want to see Ray Ray. I want to see more mm. Ray Ray. Like uh I want to see them Ray Ray do some sweeps, some uh some sweeps and getting some of those Debo carries that uh and take some of those miles off of Debo. Uh I want to see some of those things out of Ray Ray cuz I think Dre, Ray we're only scratching the surface of what that guy is capable of. Uh so that's going to be another thing that I'm that I'm looking for. But let's move on to the defense, the defensive side. So same question for the defensive side. What need what players do you like who's made an impression on you and what players really need to kind of get the most reps like uh do you see? Impression obviously Womack was up there. Yeah, for, for everybody. Sure. Um McCrary Ball looked pretty good too. Um that guy. Or- Oren Burks had a really nice tackle in like that first possession too. Um, he came in flying to tackle the ball carrier. Um, I think guys that need more reps, it's going to be in that secondary. It's like the mm-hmm. starters are all set, but it's the depth pieces behind them where it's like, okay, how are we going to order this depth chart now? Yeah, that's for me. That's Lenore. That's Ambry, and also Tavarius Moore. Like those are the three guys. I really want to see, especially Tarvarius after that play in Green Bay. I'd love to see him redeem himself with a good outing in, in, against Minnesota. I think that would be big time. And obviously, with the Jimmy Ward injury, that'd be really nice to see, really encouraging to see. So I feel like those guys, I'd like to see get some good run. Because um, I'm honestly of the camper. I feel like Ambry might be close to to not being here very long if he's going <laughs> to continue to get picked apart and, and got to the point where in practices, Tariq Castro Fields, who's a rookie coming on board as a really raw rookie too, already surpassed him on that depth chart. It's really not a good sign. So I, I really want to see guys like that make earn their keep in, in these yeah. games. Like, like not just do your job, but also make a play, like make something happen. Uh, that that's like something I think we really want to see from this defense coming into this year. And we were talking about it all off season is like, we have a good defense, but they don't make a lot of like, game-breaking plays in the secondary there's not a lot Mm -hmm. of turnovers created we had a corner who forced fumbles but he was also terrible in coverage um so (laughs) one shots became a stat exactly (laughs) like that that's that's not what we really wanted to see so i want to see ambry or lenoir like have a play that makes me think like okay i believe in this dude because right now i don't know how much i believe in those two i feel like maybe lenoir i might believe in him a little more just based on just the reports from camp and practice this year but i don't know it's like really it's really back and forth for me. So I really want to see those guys uh, get more reps and the defensive line. Um, Tanya was saying it earlier, if Ridgeway's back, like, and Bosa was giving him praise today. I like to see what he can do on the interior yeah. for us. Um, and Drake, and Drake Jackson's another one too. I don't want to play too much, but there, there were a couple plays from Drake Jackson in that game where I, I was really encouraged by the athleticism. Um, there was the play where, I think he literally went to the ground and then Jordan love is scrambling to the left and he gets up and chases him. I down. thought he was going to break his ankle. Like, <laughs> yeah, I was like, Oh my God. Like, how did he, how did he get up? So how do you recover so quickly? And then yeah. there's the other one where Jordan love is, is getting pressured and he's, he's rolling out to his right and he stops. Like he, he, he tries to stop and cut back to kind of shake Drake Jackson. It didn't work. Yeah. Like he just mirrored him immediately and tipped the pass. Like, that dude is an athletic freak. I mean, dude's doing backflips in practice, and you're not supposed to be able to do that at his size. So, 
those guys, I mean, there's so many guys on defense, it's really hard to choose. But um, for me, it's mostly mostly the secondary depth pieces. Yeah, and I agree with you. Like, uh, for the most part, like, I just – I want to see more of Odom. I want to mm-hmm. see more of Odom. Uh, like, I'm really interested in seeing more of – I want Ambry to keep getting out there and taking his lumps. Uh, the Lenore, had, the, from what I heard, had a kind of a rough day today. But, mm-hmm. I mean – Look at he was who he was going up against. Like I mean, yeah. even KJ, they've got they're so loaded at, at wide receiver over there. Like uh, they, KJ Osborne is another guy that I'd really like from them, and Smith Marset. Like uh, he was a guy I was looking for the for uh, from uh, for the Niners last season, and uh, yeah, so I know he's uh, he's really talented. Also, they they just got a really full wide receiver room, just like we do, and it's but I I really I really kind of look at like uh, we were talking about Ridgeway uh, earlier. Tanya put that uh, question about Bosa praising Ridgeway. Well, he got injured <laughs> and like, then all of a sudden now we can't see him and uh, it's, but for me, I want to see more. I want to see more Kinlaw. I want, he had a, he ran over a guy in pra- in uh, practice today, which was, a, that. was yeah. a great rep. Like, uh, but I want to see him get to be like that. Like to the guy is huge. I want to see him run over some guys and take mm-hmm. up two blockers to 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 free up everybody up to free up the rest of this line, uh, because if you can get Bosa one on one, like on a regular basis, because you've got to put two guys on on Kinlaw, that could really and then and then Armstead too, like that. I mean, how do you block this defensive line at that point? Like right. I just don't, I just don't say. So I'm really interested in seeing Kinlaw get more reps. Uh, he has lost a little bit of weight, which may, which makes me. They said he's under 300 pounds now, which kind of, it kind of scares me as far as like uh, I think that he might lose some of his power, and uh, that's 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 the. I just I want him to be able to hold up at the point of attack, and uh, so that uh, especially for the running game, but. Um, the there's one more guy that I was really kind of I was re- I, I really liked who you were talking about, but Oren Burks. You mentioned Oren Burks mm-hmm. earlier. He had like eight tackles before the half. <laughs> like yeah. uh, he was all over the place, and it's starting to make me wonder. And Flanagan Foles is another guy. Like uh, he had that one tackle that was like it was a Madden style hit stick t- tackle, and uh, that was a great tackle. But Oren Burks was. It's almost like that it's the system that the 49ers have that has their linebackers just flying all over the place. Cause it seems like they're just everywhere <laughs> all mm-hmm. the time. And it doesn't matter who's out there. They're all out there flying around making plays. And I, I gotta believe cause nobody thought Warren Burks was gonna, we thought he was a special teamer and that was about it. Mm-hmm. Like, so I, I, I want to see more of Warren Burks. I want to see more of him. I want to see more of that other guy that you were talking about McCrary ball. Uh, he was intriguing. I'd see him as like a, a Griffith that we had last season, and uh, I want some more. See some more of. Did they? They haven't released Gimmel yet, have they? No, I don't believe so. Yeah, so I want to see more of him too. Like uh, he's a young guy, but like, uh, but uh, I, I kind of want to see more of him. I just want to see all these guys that aren't going to be starting get as much playing time as possible. The I think that an underrated aspect of all of it is that. You know, D'Amico, depending on who's out there, he he finds ways to shade coverage to the uh, to the weaknesses in the secondary, 
And I think that he may be just putting these guys in these situations just to see what their weaknesses are so that he can know if I have this guy in here, I know I'm going to have to shake coverage this way or that way. And like, and that's how he's going to do the mix. So I think that that's an underrated aspect of what we're going to see in this next game. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But, um, so finally, finally, we got to get to, you know, we got to talk about him. At least it's a 49er podcast. Like, almost uh, done. You know, you can't get through a podcast without talking about Jimmy G. Almost done. (laughs) Like, uh, so who, there's going to probably be some last minute options, but with it being so late, like uh, in the, in the, in the whole aspect, I think like, do you think anybody's going to actually trade for the guy or do you think that they're going to end up having to release him? I don't think anybody's going to want to trade for him. Jimmy G to me is, is the guy in PE class when you're picking teams (laughs) and he's picked last every time. And you know, like when you're picking first, because there's team captains, you know, you're going to be stuck with that person. Sadly, that is who Jimmy G is to me at this point when it comes to the quarterbacks that were available this entire offseason. I don't even know if the Seahawks will look to bring him in. I feel like it's in the Seahawks' best interest to just lose and try to get one of these top-end quarterbacks in the draft. Um, The Browns still waiting on official word about the Deshaun Watson thing. I think that's where he will end up, but I really don't see the Browns trading for him. Uh, they already traded picks for Watson. They don't have a first round pick next year, which is why I feel that they would go after Jimmy just because it's not like you're going to tank. So you, yeah. are you really going to roll Jacoby Brissett out there for 17 games as a the Cleveland Browns organization that's been known for losing a lot while you do have a competitive roster? That wouldn't really make any sense. Um, Pittsburgh Steelers, I find it really hilarious that they're so great at finding talent on offense, but their quarterback situation is just one of the worst QB rooms in the league. So that's a possibility. Um, I think it's going to be teams are going to say, well, listen, even if we rework the contract, I really don't want to give up draft capital for a guy who's coming off shoulder surgery for who got, for a guy who hasn't been able to go through training camp this year with my offense and, and have our playbook for a guy who has no chemistry with any of these receivers or, or offensive line at all. Why would I give up even like a fifth or sixth round pick when I can just wait a few more days and probably get him as a free agent. And here's the mm-hmm. thing. Let's say, let's say it is multiple teams actually going after him. Let's say it's the, the giants, the Browns and the Steelers. If I'm any of those teams and I miss out on Jimmy Garoppolo, I am not losing a whole lot of sleep on the fact that I missed out on a guy like Jimmy G. Like, it's not like I'm missing out on trading for like Russell Wilson or something like that. Like this is completely yeah. different. This at this point, is you cut your losses at that point because the Giants, you're not going to be competitive. The Steelers, I don't think you're going to be competitive in the AFC with how loaded they are over there. And if you're looking at the the Browns, sure, you could be competitive, but you know you kind of know your season's done if Deshaun Watson is out for the entire year because no quarterback yeah. at this point you could pick up is going to catapult you above you know, Mahomes and the Chiefs or Josh Allen and the Bills, or even Burrow and the Bengals. Like, nothing you can do, especially Jimmy G is going to take you over that point. You keep your picks. So I don't think anyone will keep will, will trade for him, but I do see him getting picked up pretty quickly as a free agent. 
Um, and I hope it's Seattle. I, I actually really, really hope it's Seattle. In yeah. fact, if it's Seattle, I may have to work out my schedule so I can fly out to the home opener. I think that's a must be like, you got to be there for that. I think that would be amazing. <laughs> yeah. It's uh and side note, Deshaun Watson has looked terrible so far. Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, so it that which is a whole nother interesting development now, granted it's preseason he's got to wipe off like what a year and a half of rust mm-hmm. like uh so and that's his fault like he could have played he just did and a new team and a new system like uh so yeah it'll be interesting to see what happens with jimmy g i i'm with you i think they release him i think they they're gonna end up releasing and i think that they're gonna wait till the very last second because i don't feel like they think that they owe jimmy anything mm-hmm. <laughs> like i think i think if i'm them I'm like, you know what? You could have done this. You could have gotten that surgery the minute the season ended. Like, uh, you could have went to the doctor, got your second opinion, got that surgery done as soon as possible. You chose not to, and now you put us in the situation, like uh, to the point to where, to where now there's nothing that we can get for you. So we don't owe you anything at this mm-hmm. point, and we're just gonna wait till the last possible second to get rid of you. And so that way, even if you do go somewhere, uh, let, let, even if it, you go somewhere in the division, you're not going to hurt us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, uh, so yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I, it's the more, the more that the longer it goes, like, and, and, uh, I think that the one good thing about preseason starting is it's kind of taken all of the Niner fans eyes kind of away from Jimmy <laughs> because, mm-hmm. uh, because of the explosive play of Trey. And I think that now, like even the Jimmy Truthers, are like are, are see like uh, they've even quieted down at this point, like uh, because it's it's just like okay, well Jimmy, I mean Jimmy can't do that, <laughs> like so what what are we what are we really talking about right now? But yeah, I can't wait I can't wait to see where uh, I can't wait to see if they release him if anybody even picks him up. <laughs> do you because do you think, it might be too late? Do you think that? and this would be kind of a bit of a conspiracy. Do you think that the Niners have known for quite a while now that they're not going to get anything for him because, you know, all the GMs are tapped in and we all knew like for a while now, why would anyone trade for him? And Ian Rappaport comes out with a report that we all knew, like they're going to cut him on cut down day anyways. So I don't know why a logical GM would sit there and get so desperate for Jimmy G to the point where they trade actual draft capital for him. Do you think the Niners know that? And they were maybe on purpose letting the whole, yeah, he ignored his teammates and ghosted everybody on purpose. That that's an entire possibility because he, he, he screwed, they screwed, they tried to screw the Niners over so that, you know, that injury guarantee was there that kind of held them hostage. They couldn't get trade value in return. Okay. You're going to mess up the value we could have got for you in return. We're going to mess you up and you're going to have to get a new yeah. contract with none of this guaranteed. We're going to cut you on cut down day. You're not going to get any of that. Good luck getting anything close in free agency with barely any spots with no yeah. training camp. And I mean, somebody's got, uh, and the more I think about what I just said, somebody's going to pick him up because somebody's going to look terrible. It's <laughs> by week three. And like uh, somebody's just going to take a, uh, uh, somebody's going to get released and somebody is just going to take a chance on Jimmy. Mm-hmm. It, it is what it is, but he's only going to get like six or seven minutes. He's probably not even going to get as much as his injury guarantee. Like uh, I think his injury guarantee was like seven and a half million. He's half, probably only yeah. going to get like six. Uh, like it's going to be minimal, a minimal amount. So I, I mean, 
I feel sorry. I feel uh, sorry for the guy because he he did kind of bring us back into prominence. Not himself, but he was a part of it. And like, mm-hmm. uh, and I, I feel bad that that he's. It's kind of like we're just kind of shuffling him aside. But at the same time, I'm still excited about about the prospects of having a quarterback that can throw more than 20 yards. Like, uh, so it's. Uh, Feel sorry for you, Jim, but I mean, it's uh, you'll be go- gone soon enough, and then we'll be talking about you stinking on the uh, on the Giants or or somewhere, somewhere that's uh, not here. I I <laughs> firmly believe that he's going to get signed somewhere as a starter because the team's going to just have a horrible quarterback room. Yeah, he's going to leave that team and be a bridge starter in Tampa Bay because I think Tom Brady's going to retire, and I think it's going to come full circle for Jimmy. He's just going to replace Tom Brady anyways. Yeah, and Tampa's Trask looked his- terrible. Trask had that throw. It was last week or two <laughs> weeks ago, and it looked – it's so bad that it looked fake. Like, I, I yeah. couldn't even believe what I was watching. Like, this looked like the ball was moving backwards, like something – like a magnet was pulling it back. Like, but it, no way. Like, you can't roll out with that guy. So I think that – I do think he actually may end up in Tampa Bay, and I think that would be perfect for him. Jimmy G out on the beaches by Tampa Bay. I think that'd be so perfect for him. I think that's where he'll end up after this year as a bridge starter. Yeah, for sure. Like, I mean, I just, I, I just want him. I just want him not here. And I mean, not that we're really talking about him anymore besides this podcast, but like it's, but it's still the, the sooner I don't have to hear about him practicing on the sideline in camp, like the better. Um, but yeah, I yeah. really, I really don't need to see the tweets of, Oh, Jimmy G threw a pass to Kalia Davis today. I do not care. <laughs> it's not the Kalia Davis news I want to hear. Yeah. But yeah, it's, so we got the game, uh, the game's on Saturday, mm-hmm. correct? Like, uh, so it's games on Saturday. I'm probably going to do another, uh, probably do a, uh, an episode on Sunday, like, uh, to recap the game. Uh, I'm going to try and get into, to more two times a week, like one before the game and one after the game, uh, going forward. So, so that everybody knows, but, uh, but yeah, Chris, I, Hey, I loved having you on. I loved having you on again, like, uh, and hopefully we'll see you again soon. The, uh, why don't you tell them one more time where they can find you everywhere on the socials and with all the new, the new glorious stuff that you're doing. Yeah. Thanks Peter. Um, yeah. So my Twitter handle is in my display name. It's just Chris Polo two underscores. My link trees in the bio. Go to Linktree. You can find my YouTube channel. Um, the podcast is on. It's called The Polo Show. It's on Amazon uh, Music, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Uh, if you su- Just go hit subscribe on the YouTube channel, though. I'm really close to 100 subs. When I get to 100 subs, I'm giving away that free Nick Bosa jersey. And those that saloon font looks really clean on these new jerseys. It's pretty cool <laughs> to see that out there in action. Um, I'm also I, I'm going to be streaming on YouTube, Twitch, and also straight from my Twitter as well. Um, but also, I recently became a contributing writer at a newer platform called Stadium Rant. We have a team site on there called Niners Empire. Uh, we're trying to grow our team. And I have a couple articles that are published up there right now from last week. So if you go to Linktree, you'll see that at the bottom there, too, if you want to read some stuff. I just put up my top four takeaways from the last preseason game. I'm sure I'll do something very similar uh, for this game on Saturday. Awesome. Awesome. And like... Thank you, everybody that watched today. Thank you, everybody that's going to end up listening on the the on uh, the audio version. The uh, I'll be having that out sometime tonight, like uh, on all of your favorite podcasting platforms. 
the uh once again thank you to chris for coming on thank you to all the guy all the people that came in in the chat and the and please like comment subscribe make sure that you tell your friends about the podcast we're going to be ramping it up when this when this is the closer we get to the season and yeah i appreciate all the support that i get from everybody like at all times so um until probably sunday uh we're going to keep it uh keep it the same and go niners